What a matchup. And what a tee, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on a T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. what you enjoy and share with others. I've, I've always been curious about people. So asking someone a simple question, what's your story, results in the basis of this show. Everyone has a story, and I'm here each week to share those stories with you. Today, my guest is Shireen Ryan-Lavy. She's actually a returning guest. Welcome back to the show, Shireen. Thanks, Marcia. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to have you um, join me. And as I mentioned in the opening about the three C's, we were connected by a mutual friend, my mutual friend, Shelly Wells, about three years ago. Since then, yep. you not only were a, a guest on my show, but you became a broadcaster <laughs> on the Sports Lounge show as a result of our connection. And then add into the fact that we have a mutual connection to the University of Arizona uh, in fact, the last time I saw you was at my son Dave and Eva's wedding, which now is coming up on their one-year anniversary because you and I definitely have a connection to the University of Arizona, and we'll be talking about that. But today, this show is all about sports, and I thought for our listeners that didn't hear our first show, perhaps you could just share a little bit about yourself. I, I'd like them to know about you, where you grew up, went to school, something about your family. Take it away. Okay, well, I'm a native California, which is very rare to find these days, born and raised in Los Angeles, have lived all in about Los Angeles, the San Fernando Valley, Venice, Mar Vista, Santa Clarita Valley, um, and right now I, I reside in the South Bay here. Um, I went to uh, Cal State Northridge. I was a matador. I always wanted to be a Bruin because both my parents were Bruins, and um, mm-hmm. but I ended up being a matador and getting a, a a degree in management science, so I'm an analytical professional by trade, um, but I've always always been a sports fan, and um, I'm mentioning my father is a uh, graduated from UCLA. Uh, he's he's a nuclear. He was a nuclear physicist, so he had his PhD in wow. nuclear physics, and he had five degrees, I guess, uh, in total. My hmm. mom, she also graduated from UCLA, but then she went on to get a master's in library science and psychology. So my mom is still is a working therapist in, in her 70s. So both my parents were book smart, very smart, smart people. Um, I ended up going the business route and doing a lot of analytics and uh, worked for entertainment companies 
um, like Sony Pictures and uh, recently was a Lionsgate and Creative Artists Agency uh, consultant, as well as Deluxe Entertainment and other companies. So, But I've been focused on my sports and uh, sports analytics and uh, my show in the front row and writing for fan-sided for the Lake Show Life and uh, being the site expert for Zona Zealot. So I've been pretty busy with that. I'd like to know what inspired your love for sports from the get-go? What what was it about sports that inspired you? We had a very introverted, uh, I don't know how to say intro. In, in our, uh, our family was very quiet. You know, my mom did her thing. My dad did his thing. And, and uh, I, I, in turn, was that way at that point. Not right now, but when I was little. And uh, I wanted to get my dad's um, attention. And he was always watching baseball or, base, or football or basketball. And it was always the Bruins or the Lakers or the Dodgers, you know, so, um, or the, I think it was the Rams. And, and mm-hmm. so I, I realized at the age of around four or five, if I wanted to get more attention, I should sit and ask questions about sports. So starting at the age of four or five, I would cuddle up to my dad, start asking him, you know, how does baseball work or how does football work? And, you know, became this huge Bruin fan, you know, growing up. And uh, we shared that throughout, um, throughout our relationship. And he passed away about 22 years ago. Um, wow. So it was a good 30 years of, you know, being Bruin fans together. But he um, he was the one who took me to see Bill Walton play uh, at Poly Pavilion <laughs> and actually, uh, um, yeah, with red hair. <laughs> and I, and, and, and tall. And, uh, past, <laughs> yeah, and tall. And fast forward, you know, till uh, last year when I was at the Pac-12 Media Days and went up to Bill Walton and told him about it. So I actually saw you play when you had red hair, you know, (laughs) we had had a good laugh about that. Um, Yes. And and then he took me to a football game and um, I was shaking my UCLA flag so much that it flew off the stick. And it was, (laughs) I was in a panic because my flag was gone. Um, And that was like probably five years old, five, six years old. So um, needless to say, you know, I studied the game with a nuclear physicist who understood each and every game and 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 he would give you even like trajectory of a baseball and ha- you know how the 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 baseball player stands and and how they swing and how the ball's coming at the bat and where the ball should go and like so everything was uh, science and uh, combined with sports so it was kind of fun. That's so funny because that that my Butch was a um, an electrical engineer and sometimes we'd ask those kinds of questions too. It's like. Well, how how does that work if the ball if the if the seam is here and they're pitching that way? You know, it's like I don't know. He would answer it, but it kind of went over most of our heads. <laughs> did you were you an only child, Shereen? Did you did you have siblings? No, I, I had a I had a little sister. She was not interested in the least bit. So that was even not gave me even more time. And I, I remember going to the Olympics. Bet. Yeah, we went to the. I got oh. my dad tickets to for soccer for the Olympics. And we went to the Rose Bowl with like 110,000 people. He was so giddy and excited. Um, and when we were sitting there, the, everybody was doing the wave in the Rose Bowl. And, and um, while, we, while they were doing the wave, my dad was calculating in his head the frequency of the wave. <laughs> oh, no, he wasn't. Oh, I, dad, hysterical. what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to figure out how fast this wave is. <laughs> oh, that, that is great. Now, you have... 
you're married and you have children. Do, does your whole yep. family, do they also love sports? So the funny thing is that my husband isn't, you know, the least, he loves tennis and uh, and car racing, but, he, you know, he, he's not, he's more into, you know, the car auctions and, you know, things like that. So my husband has no interest whatsoever. My daughters, I coached them coming up through through grade school and high school, and they both played basketball and soccer. And so my love of sports, I, you know, I wanted a son. Um, because of that, I ended up with two athletes as daughters. So I was very, very fortunate because daughter, daughter, you get, you're very close to your daughters, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I ended up really enjoying myself coaching them. And, uh, and, uh, so they, they understand the game of basketball and I got them into football. And they understand that as well. Um, one loves baseball and the other one doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. they do share my love for sports. And if it's on, they're not like, they're not the ones to want to turn off the TV. They're, you know, we all right. sit and watch together. Yeah, especially Arizona That's Wildcats. Nice. They're both Wildcats, both alumni. And um, so, you know, whenever the cats are on, that's it's a priority in our house. It's true. It's true because, you know, that's another, that's actually, I remember, I remember where we were the first time we met. And I think it was uh-huh. Leah that was with you. And she was just yep. about to enter the Eller Business College. Your other daughter had already graduated. Yep. And Eller's where my son works. And now my daughter-in-law also works back at U of A. She's an alumni as well. And the rich uh, history of sports at U of A is is pretty um, spectacular. And I know we'll be talking about that. But I'd like to just hear a little bit more about your broadcasting experience. Tell me a little bit about your sports broadcasting experience. So, you know, before I went to college, I tr- I wanted to be a sportscaster. Ca- and um, at the time, I needed to make money because, I, you know, in those days, you know, <laughs> things were a little different, I guess. But um, so yeah. I, I was either I was going to be a business major or I was going to go into broadcasting. So I went to a broadcasting school. And they told me that I could skip about five levels of training because they thought I was advanced and ready to go. And I only had two more levels to go. And so I decided to go get my degree instead. Um, and then after that, I got married, had kids, you know, had my career. And then the kids started, you know, leaving the house, leaving the nest. And I'm like, look, I've wanted to do this my whole life. Like, this is something I want to do. <laughs> so um, I had some extra time because I wasn't coaching or commissioning or, you know, running the kids around town. Or So I decided um, to take a class at sports management worldwide and uh, in broadcasting. And I learned from a football announcer, his name is Steve Nash. He's not the Steve Nash basketball player, but Steve, his name is Steve Nash. And um, the play-by-play announcer from the Portland Trailblazers, uh, his name is Brian, and they were my teachers. And um, and I learned how to do some play-by-play and other things. And and uh, and through that, um, got an internship or, like, I was supposed to do um, a shadowing, a work shadowing. And Brian Jeffries allowed me to, he's the uh, IMG Sports Radio uh, host for the football and basketball for Arizona Wildcats. And he and Lamont had me in their booth. And I started, my first gig ever was to spot the tackles and tell them who made the tackles on the team. Um, And uh, that was my first broadcasting um, job, except for being a writer, I uh, started writing for the uh, Zona Zealots for Fan Sided, which is owned by Sports Illustrated. And it's all about the Arizona Wildcats. It's like we're professional fans. 
Um, we're very positive, whereas a lot of sites are negative. We're very, very positive. Uh, constructive criticism we give, but we, we never tear down the players or anything like that. And um, although my editors were never happy with that because they know they get more views if you're being nasty, they always let me have my own voice. And it uh, ends up anytime I bump into a, an athlete from Arizona, they say that our site's the only one they read. <laughs> so, that's that's, awesome. that's That is something. Have things changed over the past three years as far as broadcasting goes? Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm different, right? So I come across as the mom who cares about the athlete who, you know, I, I just want the athlete to be able or the coach to be able to tell their side of the story to for the mm-hmm. audience to understand who these people are. I I could not do what they do, like the the level of 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 um, skill and 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 the attitude and the personality it takes to do these things is, to me is like. It just wows me. So I always want to know, like, what do I have? What makes these people tick? You know, how can they shoot right. a three pointer? And the, like, how did? So for me, like, I think that most people don't understand the athlete. All they they see is a person who is supposedly, you know, is, is makes money and can't stand up for their rights, and um, you know, they shouldn't be talking. And and I don't understand any of that because for me, it's more like a player's tribune and. Um, my show uh, in the front row, we try to focus on the athlete and, and help them get their name out and, and help people understand who they are. And so um, that's accepted in certain realms. Um, the AC Clippers are very inviting this, this season. And, and I got to as many times as I could drive out to Ontario, I would go very, very friendly. Um, I experienced the same thing from the South Bay Lakers for, for two years. And last year things started changing a little bit. Um, it looks like they're trying to exclude blogs uh, as much as possible, hmm. maybe. Hmm. But it's funny because the Lake Show Life gets 1.6 million views a month. So influencers and bloggers are becoming more and more influential. And the print media are the ones that get all the credentials. And they're the ones who are the mean ones. They're the ones who are trying to get the story. And if they don't get the story, then they don't get paid. So they're incentivized oh. to make everything to me, they're incentivized, uh, you know, to for things to um, get. Um, I lost my train of thought. They're incentivized to be to to get to the root of a story to, to for it to be um, sensationalized. That's why on Twitter you'll see somebody will just grab onto a headline and decide that's it. Like Chance Camache uh, was coming out of school, maybe. Um, and I was taking pictures on a Lamborghini, and everyone was like, Chance bought a Lamborghini. He's not coming back. Like, no, it was rented by his aunt for his birthday. You know, some of them wouldn't even retract the story. So, um, oh, dear. And, they, you know, like, yeah, and like Dick Vitale coming out against Sean Miller, but, you know, protecting Patino and Izzo and all his guys on the East Coast, but, you know, attacking Sean Miller. You know, the fans have gone after Dick Vitale on that. And so I, ESPN you know, um, can cause a lot of damage to, to players and to coaches. And my idea is either it's all coaches and all players or nobody. You don't just go after one coach. So um, a lot's changed in that where you've got immediate news and immediate reaction, uh, especially on Twitter. It, I was just going to say, I mean, Twitter is, you know, um, is what everybody seems to across all platforms whether it's politics or 
or, or um, television. It seems to really be where people are getting their quick information. Do you, do you appear yourself on the, on the live shows? Yeah, so uh, are Mark you on Rogers camera? TV, everybody? Well, I'm mm-hmm. on, yeah, I, uh, Mark Rogers' uh, uh, TV is all about college football. So he has me on during the season, usually once a week, once every other week. So if you look at Mark Rogers' TV, the Arizona Wildcats expert on his show is, is me. Um, so I'm on that show. Um, the Sports Lounge Live guys, they move over to Sports Collective. And they had me on uh, a couple weeks ago, and I brought two of my ballers with me, my hoopers. Uh, one was Ryan Anderson, former Arizona Wildcat, and the other mm-hmm. one was uh, Pat Rembrandt, who just came back from – he played for UCI, but he just came back from Turkey. Uh, so he's a oh. FIBA professional player, and those guys have been known each other forever. They're the best of buddies. And just to make a little plug, we're going to start a mini-sode on in the front row called Who's Your Daddy? And it's going to be Ryan and Pat. And we're going to do all kinds of fun things together. So, uh, yeah, everybody oh, subscribe how... to In the Front Row on YouTube. That's fun. I didn't know about that. That's 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 really exciting. And it's funny because um, I, too, was on um, the Sports Lounge show a couple of times because, like you, I am a fan. I not only am a Dodger season ticket holder since 86. I'm also a Sparks uh, season ticket holder since day one, and that's we're in our 22nd season. So, um, and I also follow the Clippers too. So I, you know, like you, we, we share a lot in common that way, and I love talking about sports. I remember running into you, I think it was last year, I think it was before the wedding. We were both at the Drew League, and that is so awesome. And for those people that are not familiar with the Drew League, I thought we could spend some time talking about that because you can yeah. you continue to cover that. Would you like to tell people what the Drew League is all about? Yeah, I'll, I'll um, definitely tell you about it. And that's where I met Pat Rembrandt, actually. I would have never met him without the Drew League. Um, I'm in my hmm. third season at the Drew. Drew League's been around for 45 years. Um, it got started because they wanted uh, players wanted a place to play, and um, in Compton, the kids couldn't really afford to go see an NBA game, so they wanted them to be able to see the game of basketball and experience it um, in their community, so they didn't have to travel and they didn't have to pay. And then uh, fast forward decades later, when they, there was an NBA uh, walkout, um, the players had nowhere to play. So Kobe Bryant showed up at the the Drew League as well as some other notable players, um, and uh, and then everybody it became more sensational. And then so every season after July first, uh, NBA NBA players come and play at the Drew. But the Drew is made up of high school high school players um, like Josh Christensen is a five star player out of May May Mayfair May. I think it's Mayfair High School in in Long Beach. Okay, he's going to be okay. he's going to be one of the top recruits uh, next season, I believe. Um, highly sought after, um, but also Ira Lee, I guess, had almost a triple double. You know, Arizona Wildcat. He played on Friday night for the closers. So if you're a Wildcats fan, come down to the Drew. Hopefully, he'll be there this weekend. Um, I know he has to go back to school, so I'm just hoping I catch him this weekend. I wasn't able to do last weekend. Um, and then you've got, you know, at one point James Harden comes, JaVale McGee, Nick Young were playing on the same team. Um, I think um, 
uh, DeLon Wright always comes in place. He was actually in the final last season. Uh, uh, Montrez Harrell from the Clippers, he plays. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bell has played every year. Um, Baron Davis has a team. In fact, James Harden, I believe, Baron... has his own team. Right. And Baron was really, really actively involved in and bringing even more people to the Drew, from yes. what I can remember. I had Dino Definitely. Smiley and his wife, Stephanie, on my show a year or so ago, and we were talking about Barron and for the love of the game and, and just for people that really love basketball, whether it's professional or it's, or it's NBA, what I think is so exciting about the Drew League, and they're almost outgrowing their location, aren't they? Um, that, well, it depends. Uh, they, like when the NBA when the NBA players are playing, yeah, it's definitely uh, it gets really packed in there. Um, but when they does. go to Southwest College for the playoffs, it it, it helps a lot. Did uh, do they also uh, refresh my memory? Did they also go to Dominguez last year as well, or do I have that wrong? No, they went to they go to Southwest uh, Southwest Co- College Community okay. College in Inglewood. Okay. And it's such a nice venue. You know, the floors it's just a, a big nice venue. Um, but well, what that, they've done—that's—what they've done at King Drew High School. That's where the, all these games happen. It's free. There's no. There's no money. They're going to have to come up with some system this season when the NBA starts playing because it just gets to be too much. But they've uh, the Nike has been helping out, and they added a new. Uh, I think a new uh, sound system. They have air conditioning. They didn't have air conditioning. Three years oh, ago, yeah. so there was, was a sweat box in there. There's new lighting, and they just did the floor this last season. So it's a brand-new Drew League floor. It's gorgeous. The Drew mm-hmm. League logo's on there. It's, it's, just, it's just gorgeous. So, um, And then there's food. There's, like, fresh tacos and, uh, you know, right. there's all kinds of – there's Drew-Aid and all kinds of stuff. To read. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny um, – if you choose and want to support the Drew, um, you can pay to go inside. You don't, like you said, it's free otherwise, but you better get there uh, early. Otherwise, you're not going to have a place to sit. And so I went ahead and I paid to sit on the floor. And while I am a Sparks season ticket holder and I have sat on the floor, on the floor for the Sparks game one time, you don't realize how close those referees are, not to mention the players as they are running up and down the court. And I'm sitting there with my legs crossed, and I was like, dang, I better, like, uncross my legs because this guy's running into my chucks. I need to sit straighter because you are right on top of the game when you sit on the floor, and that is really, really fun. I loved it. Yes, very fun. I thought it was very fun. fun. Yeah, I sit under the stand under the basket, actually, and I have people running into me left and right. I know. I remember seeing you there. That's so funny. Um, what do you think about how three levels from high school, college, and professionals? How do you? How does that work out? Is that a really good system for no, for sucks. mentoring and learning? No, no, the whole thing sucks. So, in my eyes. Oh, you don't like I, that. I, I don't like the way it's run right now. You know. So you've got you've got the shoe companies funding the AAU teams. And then um, you've got um, college players have to – everybody who wants to play in the NBA has to play for one year of college or be 19, I guess, um, or right. go overseas for a year. And, you know, it, it's not working. 
It's just not working. There's hmm. too much incentive. There's too much money. It's been going on for years. LeBron James has said it. Kyle Kuzma has said it. I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. NBA players have said there's money. Everybody, there's money, there's money, there's money. And um, Interesting. They've been, they were focusing on Arizona. ESPN was focusing on Sean Miller. But it's, it's NCAA-wide. The NCAA decide they make a billion dollars off the NCAA tournament. There's no way that tournament wasn't going to happen. FBI mm-hmm. investigation or not, in my eyes. So right. um, Interesting. it's a lot of corruption in the in the the and I'm not saying it's right, but either all schools are at fault or none. You can't have like one school at fault when you've got Duke, Kentucky, you know, they're all doing it. How did how does the uh, how does Coach K get five five stars, right? I mean Right. I don't know. So they're you're not, not referring to, so to the, the Drew League is, here. Huh? You you you're not referring to the Drew League when we're talking about this. Oh, I thought you were this. talking. No, I thought you were talking about no. in general the and one I, in Dunwall and all that. That's a Drew League. No, you know what? And the college players can play with NBA players, and then you've got all the FIBA players. So, uh, the majority of players there play all over the world. So, um, right. you know, and I then there's the, the Drew League legends. I, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I, I wanted to make that clear because. <laughs> I was referring to the Drew League, and when you talked about how much you didn't like it, you were not talking about the Drew League. And I no, just wanted I wasn't to talking be... about the Drew League. Exactly. I you and I, another subject. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I, was still, I was still at the Drew. So I'm really glad that I was able to um, let people know that you are not referring to the Drew League because oh, no, I was no, no, curious no. I love the how professional. I love the Drew League. I know. That's why I thought, wait a minute. What are you yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Because what I was curious about was how professionals and college kids and high school kids all play together on the Drew. But, oh, but we can move that's on a from difference. there. <laughs> I know. Let me clear that up. So it's I'm, fantastic. It's fantastic okay. to see Elijah Stewart, uh, you know, hanging with NBA players yes. and, and doing his job there, you know. And high school players, there's a couple of high school players that were um, holding their own, like they were starters in the Drew, but they weren't getting any offers. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Why aren't these kids getting offers? Look how – how well they play. So no, it's, a good, they it's are. a good way to, yeah, it's a good way to judge, you know, your skill to see if you can hang with them or not. Um, and, the, and the level of skill has gone up and you've got G leaguers in there too. Like yesterday, Julian J- Jacobs from USC, he was playing out of his mind yesterday, out of his That's mind. Great. <laughs> he, he got two wins for a team this, this weekend. So it was, it was pretty exciting. So yeah, oh, that drew great. 150%. I, I'm 150%. You know. Okay. I'm you might glad be a fighter we, I'm glad too, that, but the, yeah. Okay, but, I'm glad we cleared that up because I Yeah, I'm sorry. I I I, I, I no no, that's okay. I, I I just maybe wasn't clear on my, well, how I was asking my question. When we talk <laughs> about then that's and you know, it's live radio. I don't get to go back and edit yeah. it. So, it's all right. Yeah. We're having a conversation. That's what this is all about. When we're talking about the college kids, and you're certainly an expert, um, tell me a, tell me a little bit more about the fan sides, um, Arizona Wildcat. What what do you do with them? What is your specific role for them? Well, I don't work for the school, but I work for Fan Sided, which is owned by no, Time know, but, Inc. And but don't you cover Arizona what do I do? through Fan Sides? Yeah. So I oh, just okay. want to make that's sure everybody because that's something they always want me to make sure I, I say. Sure. Um, I okay. I have. Uh, I, I'm a co-editor with Eric Townsend. The two of us um, 
are in charge of the content on the on zonazealots.com. And um, we have about eight writers, and they're all alumni. They're all Arizona alumni, and they love their team. Nice. They love their team. Mm-hmm. And we, we write about baseball. We write about basketball. We write about football. And uh, our football team is getting a lot of notice because uh, we have a Heisman Trophy candidate on our team, Khalil Tate. And last week he was uh, spent the week with Eli and Peyton Manning in their camp, and uh, it was quite exciting. <laughs> Oh, I guess. So, uh, I guess. There's a lot of buzz around Khalil, and he's a local product here from uh, Sarah High School in uh, in Inglewood. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of his uh, high school uh, high school teammates play for USC and UCLA. So, whenever he plays any of those schools, there's always uh, something to prove. So um, I bet. Uh, so it's exciting. We were a little bummed about our baseball team because. Uh, they ended up the season, you know, beating teams that made it into the College World Series tournament, but they didn't. Um, but a lot of their yeah. players got drafted. So uh, a lot of the Arizona nice. baseball players get drafted. In fact, two out of, I think, two players coming in next year were drafted in the top 15 of the MLB draft. So they might not be coming oh, nice. to Arizona after all. And we also cover yeah. gymnastics and sand volleyball, hmm. which is a sanctioned NCAA sport now. And uh, sometimes soccer, um, yeah, it depends. Uh, but so how you know, long our have you been with them doing that? How long About have you three been and writing? Years? And re- nice. Yeah. So does that mean that you're forever going back and forth to Tucson? Well, I mean, I make my I make my trips just because I love it so much. And Brian's left sure. an open door for me to be the spotter whenever I whenever I come, which I love. Nice. And then when. When the tight team comes here for UCLA or USC, I get to be in the booth as well. And uh, we've all become really good friends, and I've written about them. And uh, Lamont and Brian, they're two of the best broadcasters around, I think. Like, I'd rather listen to them than any any of the other broadcasts that I, <laughs> I've heard. Um, That's A lot nice. of times I'll turn off, yeah, I'll turn off, uh, I'll turn on IMG and turn off the TV, whatever's going on on the TV. Um, but as far as Arizona Wildcats and being able to watch them, the big controversy is the Pac-12 channel. Not everybody gets it, and they don't oh, get yes. it across the country. And a yes. lot of the things I've been writing about lately is the East Coast bias and the fact that they never get to see our players play. So um, I, I you know, can honestly relate to that. You bet. I mean, I – I am. I fall into that category. Not only don't I get the Pac-12, I don't get the Dodger station. And for those of us that, you know, have been around the Dodgers for a very long time, and Vin Scully, who doesn't matter where you live, you know who Vin Scully is, um, to have okay. his very last year not be heard except for an occasional time on an ESPN or a TNT or one of our local channels was pretty discouraging. And I would agree with right. you. Um, it's it's been discouraging not to um, to see some of these Pac-12 games, uh, regardless of well, the sport. It's, it's yeah, been, and it's they're laying off like a whole lot of their staff too, because mm-hmm. they're not making money. So this whole yeah. they this whole entering into the Pac-12 channel before getting the Directv deal was not not a smart move. So there's a lot of um, a lot of people not yeah. too happy about that. Exactly. When you you mentioned some top high school players, um, how how do you stay informed about all of that? Do you 
are you how do where do you what's your sources how do you know like for instance their stats and all of those types of things well how do you how do you stay on top of these up and coming high schoolers well it's it's uh, been a journey um usually it's who offered Arizona and then I go look at those players but lately I've gotten more and more involved in uh, the ball of life and um pangos uh all american camps and uh, showcases so you get to go watch, you know, the top 130 players in the nation who are invited to the Pangos All-American camp, and then they compete all the way to the last day to see who's the best, who the coaches there feel are the best players. And so you get to interview, um, you get to interview people left and right. So uh, there's a kid named Jalen Hill. I know there's a Jalen Hill on the UCLA Bruins who I'm a big fan of. He hasn't been able to play yet because of the China thing, um, but, he, you know, oh, yeah. he's going to surprise people this year. But there's another Jalen Hill out of uh, Nevada, and uh, I happen to be able to meet up with him, and he has a lot of offers, and he just got one uh, offer from Oregon and one from Arizona. So um, there's a guy, another guy named Aiden Ighorn, I think, um, from uh, Brooklyn, who was born in uh, Ireland, six foot ten. He's not done growing. Whew. And I was really impressed with him. Um, and the other thing is I, I stay in contact with, like, Cassie Athena, who does a lot of the NBA. Uh, she, you know, she's hired by a lot of the NBA to take photographs and stuff. And she goes to the same um, things that I, I go to. So we get to talk about, like, who's impressing you and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, I also uh, this uh, I got involved with the uh, – a historic Black College and University organization who uh, had a showcase uh, to get kids who hadn't got any offers but were seniors uh, looked at by uh, Black colleges. So I did that. That's a new thing I did this year. I'm not familiar with what Pangos is. I don't even know what that is. I, what what is that? So Dinas Tragonis is a, a college coach who, or not a college coach. He's a coach in the AAU realm who um, has put on these uh, tournaments and camps for high school kids to get looked at by college coaches. So this, so he, he's been growing and he does it all over the country. So um, his organization has gotten so professional and so good at this that you get stats and they have live broadcasts of these camps and they're all over the country. Um, So I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And, and this is the first year going back to some, my little rant. This is the first year that NBA teams were allowed to send scouts to watch high school kids because, you know, the one in general okay. is about to be. Yeah. So this is the first time that the NBA scouts were allowed to watch high school kids. And some of these kids were in the class of 2020, 21, 22. And if they change the rule, these kids could come right out of high school. So they're already scouting high school kids. And they and they made the Rice Commission, the Condoleezza Rice Commission for the NCA has suggested that they don't want the college coaches going to any of these AAU events. They want to have NCAA combines. Uh, coaches will only allowed to be allowed to go to those combines. So there's there's a lot of things going on right now to try to rectify this this whole one and done rule. And I went on a tangent mm-hmm. again, but I just wanted to let you know that things no, but are changing it's- in this rest. It's it's um it's a term that if you're not a sports fan, you might not have ever heard before. But for those of us that are sports fans and we think about, I mean, you know, Coach K and how, um, 
you know, at Duke that, that the majority, of, the majority I, I think it's starting to change a little bit, um, his players stay for four years. And then you have other players that are your basic one and done. They, they are following what the rule is, but what they really want to do is bypass university uh, athletics altogether and go straight to the pros, regardless of the sport. As somebody that, that, that knows somebody that was um, a high school athlete, a college athlete at UCLA, happened to be a volleyball player, I remember her talking about her son and the rigors that it took to play college volleyball, go to class, and and keep your body physically fit to do both. And it's not for the faint of heart. It, it is not an easy thing to do. And I realize that many many of our athletes in college really do want to play, but they also really do want to have a degree at the end. And some go back and, and do that, I realize. But it is um, very um, controversial. I know people are on both sides of the opinion when it comes to that. Um, I, I, uh, when, you, I, when I was just thinking about the Wildcats and just basketball in particular, it made me think about an experience that I've had a couple of times, and that is, have you personally ever been to a Final Four? No, I've wanted to, and I keep hoping every year we're going, but I think this one-and-done stuff has kind of ruined it for teams. Like you said, the Lenovo has won two years in a row, and I don't think they had many, if any, one-and-done. They had experienced uh, college players. So Hmm. the conversation has changed a bit. Um, Duke also had a bunch of one-and-dones, like Marvin Bagley, and they didn't Mm – make it too far either um mm-hmm. so you know it depends like do you want to be a powerhouse in the ncaa or do you want to they you know i think the coaches felt like i think it's just changing a little bit because i think the coaches felt like they could they could coach these one and done players that knew they wanted to go to the nba after one year and get them to a final four or even a championship but they're finding that it's a little harder to get the chemistry going and all that stuff and the, the kids have the MBA on their mind. So that's I think true. It's a little and, and, tough, but I Yeah, and they do. I mean, I, I've been really lucky, Shireen. I've actually been to two Final Fours, um, both times with, with my son, Dave. We oh, were, um, yes, we were at the really incredible game in 2000 and, let's see, 10, when it was in Indianapolis and um, Butler just about took down Duke at that game. It was, it rimmed out. Um, And that's when Brad Stevens was still coaching at that very small university of Butler. And now we both know Uh he's, he's the Celtics coach. Yeah. He's doing a great job. (laughs) He is. And then last year, not this past March, but the year prior to that, the um, final four was in Phoenix. And so I was able, we were able to go to that game as well. And, and frankly, it was kind of weird because we were actually able to purchase tickets. The first go around, you needed to be fortunate to win lottery. Um, we had a connection through Carl Eller, but, you know, without a connection, um, most people have to just hope that they get picked in the lottery and that they can go to a game. Yeah. It is very, very exciting, I must say. But when we talk about basketball, we can't, um, not talk about what happened what happened last week as many of us that love this sport were glued to our 
televisions last Thursday, and something um, pretty darn significant happened. Do you want to talk about what happened last Thursday in the draft? Yeah, Arizona had their first ever number one pick of Deontay Ayton. So uh, he He's gets to the Phoenix Suns, which is his hometown, other than the Bahamas. Right. So um, not only that, Doosan Mystic signed on for the Summer League. So now Doosan is, uh, you're going to get to see Doosan and uh, DeAndre play together in Summer League play. That's that's cool. His, he is he is enormous. How is what is, is he seven two? What how tall seven, is that guy? I think he's I don't I think he's seven one or seven. Yeah, okay, I he's, he's I can he's look that up. Tall. Yeah, no, that's okay. But I mean, he is he is a, he is um, a gentle giant. I mean, and it was very very oh, he's exciting. A sweetheart. To, <laughs> yeah, he's a nice he's a nice guy too. Besides being a good athlete, isn't he? Yeah, he's seven foot I know one. You. I was right. He's seven one. Seven one. Two hundred sixty okay. yeah. pounds. Yes, and his wingspan is seven six. And he I, that's dominated. the other thing. Yeah, yeah. seven that's six. Really, so he just dominated. Like he could do a spin move. He can dribble out of a problem. He can shoot a jumper. He even tried threes. Although Miller didn't want his uh, big shooting threes. <laughs> Tucson this last season, he said, "I don't care. I'm shooting threes." And he, in one game, got three threes. Right. I think won the game for the for the team, even though Miller wasn't very Sean Miller wasn't that happy about it. But um, yeah, but, uh, Bigs needs to be able to shoot those threes nowadays. But yeah, DeAndre, you know everybody's like, we can't play defense. What do you mean he can't play defense? What about all those blocks? <laughs> exactly. Defense, all he needs to do is put one. his body <laughs> in front of the ball. Right. Well, that's the other problem, right? When you're that that size, the referee will call fouls on you, even if you didn't foul. And so for the beginning and for the first half of the season, I think he was shocked. Because every time he turned mm-hmm. around, no matter what he did, he got called for a foul. And then when he got in foul trouble, he had to sit on the bench. So, like, somebody pointed out, I think on Twitter, it's like, see, DeAndre can't play defense. I'm like, hey, he could have been had foul trouble and told not to foul. Have you ever thought of that? Like, people, right. just, uh, they, you take one play out of a game and, Decide that. So it was kind of like Tarzuski, you know, your favorite player, my favorite oh, yeah. player of all time. Caleb. Oh, God. Caleb Tarzuski. He couldn't yes. back up into anybody. Anytime he backed up, he'd be, he was a foul, and then he'd get in foul trouble, and Arizona would get in trouble, and it couldn't, you know, had a, had trouble winning. And it happened every time. It happened in the Sweet 16s, you know, we were playing this. We were playing Xavier, and they had like a football player underneath, and the guy was like, a bull in the china <laughs> shop, and he—they didn't call a foul. I think to the fourth quarter or the second late, the second half, and uh, and Zeus was sitting on the bench with four or five fouls. <laughs> it just nothing made sense. The same thing happened to DeAndre, you know. And so uh, yes. I think he in the NBA he'll get away with a lot more. I you probably you would probably if you had a broadcaster from one of the other schools that had. A giant seven footer. They they probably say some of the same things. What where is um, Caleb now? Is he playing overseas? Do you know what he's what he's currently well, he doing? He was playing. Yeah, he was playing uh, overseas. Last I heard, him. I thought he was mm-hmm. in Italy. Um, and Gabe York, I think, was in Germany or Belgium. One of those two. Um, right. He just was and... back on campus uh, a week or so ago. Dave said that he was yeah. um, came in for a camp. At U of A, so they were really excited yeah. to see Gabe. So and then I, Nick you, Johnson you know, had really, uh, yeah, 
going down my list. I was going down my list. Yeah, well, the, Dick Johnson was a, MVP of the G League. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dick Johnson finally you had know, his day and was MVP of the uh, the G League, the Gatorade League, which is uh, used to be the D League. And he, uh, San Antonio won the the whole thing, so he became the MVP of that game and that series. And so he's kind of riding high right now. It's 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 really, you know, it's um, it's really exciting what you do for people that love sports. And and as a female, I think it's particularly cool that you're able to do um, some of this coverage. Um, can, how do people? You know, you mentioned a couple. You've mentioned quite a few things, but how do people see your broadcast? Where would they go? How, where would they log in to see you? How would they so the, find the you? E- the easiest way would be to go to um, YouTube.com/slash In the Front Row. That's where most of my okay. content is. Um, my interviews with a uh, Brandon Ingram and Thomas Bryant, and you know a lot of the different Lakers. Uh, Alex uh, Caruso, Gary Payton the second. Um, Ivica Zuba, Ivica Zuba, you got to say it right. <laughs> He's a know. character, by the way. He's, between him uh-huh. and I would like to see him and DeAndre Ayton together. Um, and then follow me on Twitter at, at @sportscrazy with two e's. Um, but if you're an Arizona Wildcat fan, I do all the social media for Facebook and uh, and Twitter at at Zona Zealots. Um, and then we also have Instagram, uh, and Instagram, Eric runs our Instagram for Zoda Zealots as well. And I've been doing a lot more on Instagram, uh, with the Drew League. So, uh, highlights and live, uh, streams, um, that's at sportscrazy28 on Instagram. And, uh, nice. So, and then, uh, yeah, so there's a lot. Yeah. And then I have my own You're all over Facebook, the place. Serene Ryan. <laughs> right. And Ryan is Ryan, R-Y-A-N. R A Y A. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. Do you want to know that I just had a mental block about that? R A Y A N. Shireen. S H E R E E N. E E N. Definitely. Yes. So um, you talked about, you mentioned a little earlier about following some of these other, um, like the, the AC Clippers. Um, what, have, what have you seen with them? What Because what, I happen to be, although. You know, everybody's talking about how LeBron is going to come to the Lakers, and you and I both know that's not going to happen. (laughs) Well, I don't think it'll happen, but um, what do I know? Um, But tell me a little bit about your experiences following their their um, their 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 divisions for the Clippers and the the Lakers. Their 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 players. We're never going to see people that want it more than these people do. Okay. Yeah. I can give you a, just an example example of Scott Machado. Sure. I mean, he leaves. He's a point guard for the Southland Lakers. He left everything on the everything on the court, but not just him. Alex Caruso who had a two way, Gary Payton who had a two way contract, and then Thomas Bryant from the Lakers who would play a lot with the South Bay Lakers. They leave everything there. Steph Branch, who, who you can watch in the Drew League right now, he was mm-hmm. he played and he was a new guy. And uh, he, what kind of bounce he had. And then you've got Andre Ingram and other players who are yeah. in their late 20s, early 30s, who can, who can really play. But the NBA mm-hmm. isn't giving them a chance because of their age, because they want an 18, 19-year-old. Um, a lot of, a lot of um, a lot, it gets you frustrated if you're a fan because you really want your players to get opportunities. But very exciting, especially when the Clippers played the Lakers this year. Three very exciting games. Where do they games. play, Shireen? Where do they play those oh, games? Oh, the, the Agua Caliente 
Clippers play in Ontario, California, at the Citizen okay. Bank Arena. And the South Bay Lakers okay. play at the Lakers practice facility, which is right here in El Segundo. Uh, I was going to say, that's why you're on Nash. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, Can um, anybody go to those games? Little... Is, is it open? Yeah, you just it's have open to buy to the public. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you follow me, I can. I know all the ticket guys from from both uh, <laughs> from both <laughs> teams. Of course you do. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Tell me. I mean, I can certainly hear your passion. I'd like to know what um, you love most about broadcasting and writing. If you had to put it in writing, what what is it that you love so much about this passion? I just, I'm so envious. Like, I wish I had the skills that these people do, but I feel like I learned so much from them on, um, I just, to me, it's like I'm in awe of their skills. I'm in awe of their personality. Like, how do they Mm -hmm. do this? I want to be able to do that. That getting to know the players and having that camaraderie and finding the things in their games that, that I can highlight as a positive is what floats my boat. I'll, I'll give you a, an example. Um, sure. I met Wally Alkins at the Ball of Life All-American game. He was the only player that cared in that game. I mean, he was, he was throwing the ball. He was throwing assists. He was throwing dunks. He was in the dunk contest. I mean, everybody else was kind of there, but he was there and he wanted to play. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm so excited he's going to be a Wildcat. So I sat down and got an interview with him. And then followed him over the next two years. And he's just that player that has those things that aren't on the stat sheet. They're not on the stat hmm. sheet. So for me, I like the glue guys, the guys who, who like T.J. McConnell, you know, who oh, gosh. just want to win. <laughs> you say, you know, you say T.J. And I don't know if you know what I think when I, when I hear you say that. Do you know what comes to my mind? What? You're that, is, that is Eva's. No, that's Eva's. That's my daughter-in-law's. That, that's her player. I mean, she she is as big a fan as Dave is when it comes to um, the Wildcats basketball. They go to Sean's radio show. I mean, they are huge fans. And that's why I, I know them that. after games. <laughs> exactly. With all the players. I, so, exactly. Well, listen, they, he proposed to her on the basketball court after the right. uh, Arizona UCLA game a couple of years ago, but uh, she loved, she loved TJ. It's just that. So when I hear his name, I, I immediately, um, I think of her. I was just wondering, uh, Shireen, um, there are a lot of women now that we're seeing in sports. Uh, I mean, I think about Holly, I think about, you know, for women's basketball, the Rebecca Lobo, there's a lot of, women that are um, broadcasting now. Uh, I was just wondering, when you got started doing all of this, um, who were who some of your role models in um, broadcasting and writing? Well, um, or maybe Mueller they weren't women. Of, maybe they were men. Well, Jen Mueller was uh, my teacher for sports communication, so she was one of my mentors. And she's a sideline reporter for the Seattle Seahawks and Seattle Mariners. Um but um, Brian uh, Jeffries was another uh, another big mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. But I, I really didn't see anybody doing what I wanted to do. I mean, I know it sounds bad. It's like the reason I no. entered it was because people weren't doing what I wanted. And I wanted to know more, more about the, the, the players. And, you know, the Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo, and Josh Hart, um, 
they all go at each other on Twitter. It's fun. It's fun. You get to know these guys. Now with the social media, you get behind the scenes. And I actually get in the locker room. Like I can tell you, because I follow so many of the Wildcats, and they may not they may not have remembered that I followed them, but if you, I was on their Snapchat, and I got to be in the locker room with these guys. They would crank up the music and. And the uh, Emmanuel Acott and the DeAndre Ayton are from the islands. They put on some island music, and they would dance, and they put on rap music. And they would try to outdance each other, and I really would be out there dancing. You know, seven-foot DeAndre would dance, and all his players <laughs> would laugh. Like, he's, he's going to be that guy on the Suns that everybody's just going to love. Like, the people are going to love, the fans are going to love him, the team's going to love him, the coach is going to love him. Like, he can turn it off and on. You know, he can be the competitor, and the next minute he can have a lot of fun. Um, and so, you know, that's that's just the part that I want people to, to know about. Like, I think it makes it more interesting. And I see so many people tearing down these young players and calling them trash. And it just, you know, the mom in me comes out. I'm like, shut up. Like, why do you have to say tr- somebody's trash? You know, you try to right. of a basketball. <laughs> You know, it's really interesting. Um, we instantly liked each other when we met. There was absolutely no yeah. no doubt about that. We we had an immediate yeah. chemistry between the two of us. And one thing that we absolutely share in common is the human interest side of every story. It's frankly right. why I do what I do. That conversation and connection and community is all about who are you? I mean, why, why would I, why do I want to get to know you? Well, because you've got a story to tell. Well, yes, you're going to tell me about what your passion is because that's what this show is about. I, you're talking about your career as a broadcaster and a writer and your different stories, but frankly, without knowing a little bit about you and your, your genius dad and your, and your mom and, and the fact that you, you were involved with your girls in sports, those to me are the, that's the link for me personally. And I think right. that's what you and I share the same, you know, I, you may have the most compelling story and that's fine. I don't mean you personally, but, but, but a yeah. person could have a very compelling story, but if that person doesn't want to share anything about themselves, then I'm frankly, I'm not as interested. I don't want to say I'm right. I'm just, I'm just not as interested because, What's the backstory? You know, who are you that got you to, you know, when I was on a, I was the guest on a radio show last week. I don't usually, I'm not usually the guest. I'm the, I'm the host. And it was an opportunity to actually get behind my scenes of, you know, how did you go from being a widow to a talk, to a talk show host? Who does that? Right. Well, a lot of, a lot of people don't, you know, and, uh, I so I I really get it when you say um, what you love about the broadcasting and writing because I think that you bring an important perspective. Certainly, you're going to talk stats. Certainly, you're going to talk about athletics. I mean, you're going to talk about you're going to analyze the game, all of those things. Uh-huh. But I I'm with you. I like I like some human interest behind that. Are you seeing that? In your, in your work now that you're seeing more and more women doing what you're doing, or is it still, is it still pretty much just a man-only kind of business? No, I see the women doing – I see what the women trying to do what the other women are doing. 
So, like, my mentor, so the person you want to know who I look up to the most is Ramona Shelburne. Ramona is Ramona. Like, she's just out there. She is who she is. She, you know, a former Stanford softball player. Um, But, you know, she's she's not trying to be as sexy as possible. She doesn't, you know, it's like I really get tired of ESPN making these women wear stilts and, and, you know, have long legs. And so you have to be like thin and a model to be able to do this. And a lot of the athletes, you know, I'm not taking away from any of the athletes. I mean, Ross Gold, I think Goldberg, Goldwyn. Anyways, I'm, I'm a fan of, I'm just a fan of any, any of them. They're all doing a fantastic Mm -hmm. job. I love Linda Cohn, all of them. They're all doing a great Mm -hmm. job. Um, I just feel like no one's really they're like they're trying to fit in as a certain and the up and coming women that I've talked to everybody's trying to fit in like like be a certain type of woman in the broad in sports broadcasting and I'm not yeah. I'm just me but, you know and I don't fit in and hopefully being a super fan is a good thing um, I do I, I hope I agree and you know it's funny I so I I mentioned that um, that I'm a Spark season ticket holder and. And we played yesterday, and it was really interesting to see Katie Smith, who used to play uh-huh. for the New York Liberty, now as the coach of that team. And you know, yeah. you know who she, you know who she replaced? Who? You know, Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer. I love it. Okay, that's another. <laughs> that's another subject. But uh, um, but we killed him. But um, anyway, so I, you are seeing you are seeing a lot of women now in a lot of different varieties. Uh, if somebody wanted to get into this field today, what kind of advice would you suggest that they do? They need to have a voice How- and, um, and, and having a voice. Uh, so I get a lot of people started uh, in sports on, in the front row. Um, I have about 20 to 25 people. They're either a photographer on our team. They're a photographer, a videographer, an editor, or a blogger, or a podcaster, and I leave. I have the platform, and I let everybody do what they want as long as they're positive, and constructive, and don't tear anybody down. Um, mm-hmm. So um, you need to get to 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 work for Bleacher or Fan Sided. You need to have some on. Um, you need to have some content on the web. So I uh, I have I just added another writer who wants to start their own blog on my website, and. Um, now I'm trying to get more into documentaries and minisodes and some fun video content. Um, cool. Uh, but that's how you do it. You start your own website or you find somebody who's willing to give you a shot. You get some content up there and then you move to the next one. And uh, there's not, let me tell you the advice I get, there is no money in this. Do not get into mm-hmm. it for the money. There's no, this is a hobby. And the reason mm-hmm. it's become a hobby is because of all the blogs that are out there that aren't paying anybody or paying them very little. Um, and that's right. why the print media and the journalists are so upset. And that's why they're asking teams, I believe, to keep out the blogs because they don't make any money when people are reading the blogs and not reading the print media and not reading, mm-hmm. you know, Fox Sports or CBS. And so, like, the Pac-12 has gotten really, um, you know, strict on no blogs and, the or which blogs they allow in and, and the NBA is now doing that as well. But now they're inviting in a that. bunch of print media that yeah, the print media are all mean and they're asking you know Lonzo about his mom when they shouldn't be asking that question right after she had a stroke. Like right, <laughs> yeah, you know? 
you wonder why, you know, some of these reporters, well, they're journalists. Like, really, is that journalism or is that just you trying to get more views? But then, uh, yeah. so, so I just think the whole being a journalist these days is, is very difficult and they're hanging on by a thread and everybody's had to reinvent themselves and, you know, blogs are here to stay. They're making ad revenue and uh, that's how I got my start. I won't, I'm not going to knock it. I think it's a great platform. Sure. And all these fans, and, but it takes somebody special to keep it up because, I mean, I was writing 20 to 25 posts a, a month. And I don't write, write just for Zona Zealots. I write for the Lake Show Life. So I write about the South right. Bay Lakers for the Lake Show Life, and I get to write about my Lakers as well. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I wasn't the site expert for Zona Zealots and uh, producing. So everything I, happens. Really you just open and meet people. Yeah. Sure. I, it, it takes us to full circle because, to be honest with you, I didn't get to the radio without first starting with a blog. I wrote my first right. blog on November the 6th, 2013. And it uh-huh. wasn't until April of 2015 that I actually moved over to this platform of being a talk show host. So um, I, I understand the journey, and I think that there are tons of opportunities out there. And for those that are listening, you know, Shireen is easy to find, and um, you can go back and listen to this show if you're listening to it for the first time now and, and pick up um, how to, to be in touch with Shireen. And I just want to thank you so much. I know that, frankly, um, you did me a real favor, Shireen. I appreciate you stepping <laughs> in at the last minute. Um, friends do that and help each other and support each other that way, and I I really um, appreciated you just saying yes to me. So I want to Aww. thank you so, so much, really. And, you know, I'm going to see about getting to one of those Drew League games with you because that really okay. is fun. And you're right. Now that there's air conditioning in there, you're not sitting in a sweat box. You just have to get yeah. there early enough to get a seat. So Yeah, um, if you want to um, see Birdie's Revenge, you got to get there an hour early because that's the team to watch. Okay, well, good to know. Um, And I just, like I said, I just want to thank you once again for being my guest. I look forward to following your progress. Thanks for having me. And seeing what, oh, it was my pleasure. And for everybody else that's out there, I'm pretty excited because not only are you hearing me on on this format, but now I can be heard on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and SoundCloud and TuneIn. And, of course, I always want you to follow me on my website, which is www.borntotalkradioshow.com. And so until next time, everybody, when I have another exciting guest next week, I look forward to having you join me then. And thanks again for joining me for this afternoon's edition of Born to Talk Radio Show. Thanks so much, everybody. A matchup. And what a tee, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. 
Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on our T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.